Thank you for joining us for Sound Reasoning with Christian apologist and minister Perseus Poku of Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's program will educate, train, and empower you to defend your Christian faith with confidence. Perseus has his bachelor's in history and a master's degree in apologetics. We hope you enjoy this time of equipping so that you can answer questions to defend your Christian faith effectively. Now here's Perseus Poku on Sound Reasoning. Welcome to Sound Reasoning. I'm your host, Perseus Poku. On today's episode, I wanted to visit the doctrine dealing with fear, the doctrine of fear. And in today's culture, we are facing a lot of things that happen globally as well as domestically which can cause us to be frightful. It can cause us to feel a certain way where that fear paralyzes us. And so since we're dealing with things in this life that's outside of our control, things in this life that shows us our limitations. God has already spoken to fear in regards to how we ought to handle fear. And he even tells us where fear comes from. And ever since the fall, mankind has been dealing with fear or trying to deal with fear. So, with this pandemic that's affecting everybody's lives in 2020 is important that we understand what God has to say about fear. For those of you listening to us, think about the things that make you afraid. Is it death? Is it Losing your 401k? Is it abandonment? Is it a loss of relationship? What is it that makes you afraid? And we're not saying that you should never have any concern. But when that concern leads us in the field or in the direction of unhealthy fear, then it becomes a problem. So in today's episode, uh, the Lord put on my heart to just talk about from a biblical perspective, how we ought to handle fear. Then there's two distinctions. There's a healthy type of fear. Versus an unhealthy type of fear. So let's consider that as we progress in this episode. There's a text from the Prairie Overcomer, which says there are four great impelling motives that move men to action. Fear. Hope. Faith. And love. 
these four, but the greatest of these is fear. Fear is first in order, first in force, first in fruit. Indeed, fear is the beginning of wisdom. Scripture summarizes the chief cause of sin and crime. There is no fear of God before their eyes. And that's from the pure, uh, prairie overcomer. So again, uh, there's nothing that happens to us that God does not see. From a biblical perspective, the word fear has been used in various ways in scripture. In English, we use fear, but in the scriptures from the original languages, it translates in various ways. So just like the Greek word love, in the English, we have one word for love, but for those Bible students that are listening, we know that in the Greek, there are four types of love, but in the English, there's only one word for love. So we won't know what type of love we're talking about until we do a word study, until we go into the scriptures of the original language, look at the context, which leads us to the etymology, which should lead us to proper hermeneutics and Hermeneutics basically means the science of uh, biblical interpretation, the art or science of biblical interpretation. So in the Greek, the word for love has four connotations. The first one is agape, which is unconditional love, uh, the love that's rooted in altruism. You're loving someone, not just based on what they can do for you, but you love them as a human being. You love them as a person, not always what they do, but you love them. So uh, for love, there's an unconditional type of love, the type of love that mothers have for their children, that undying love. And it's really reflective and rooted in God. And how God loves us unconditionally. And he loves us ontologically, meaning he loves our existence. He loves uh, who we are as persons. But it doesn't mean that he accepts everything that we do. And in order to get right with God, we have to come through Christ. Then the second type of love is phileo, the friendship type of love, uh, which Philadelphia is reminiscence of that name Philadelphia, uh, the, the brotherly type of love of, uh, between uh, friends. And then the arrows is the third type of love that the Greek represents to us, the romantic type of love. And then the fourth is storge, S-T-O-R-G-E. And it means an empathetic type of love. And that's the type of love that Jesus had for us. So when we look in the English, we see the word love. But the question is, what type of love are we talking about? And in the same way, when we talk about fear, 
fear have different meanings in the Old Testament as well as the New Testament. We find evidence of the word fear as far back as the Old Testament. And fear is defined as as uh, as this. In Hebrew, uh, the noun form of the word yara, Y-I-R-H, means reverence. And the other word for fear is pahad in the Hebrew, P-A-H-A-D, which is translated dread. Then in the Greek, the word used for fear is phobos or pobos, P-H-O-B-O-S, which is translated as fear or terror. So in short, this word fear is indeed wide ranging. It is extreme as the type of fear that leads to fear and trembling to the type of fear that leaves us in awe and reverence. Theologically, this word fear has numerous connotations, as I said before, but we have to look at the context always. But my goal on this show is not to give an exhaustive word study on the word fear. What I would like to talk about is the distinctions of fear. The distinctions of fear. And I've categorized just based on scripture. There's two types of fear. There is a healthy type of fear versus an unhealthy type of fear. And it is the healthy type of fear that we need to embrace and reject the unhealthy type of fear. Let's look at Proverbs 1 and 7. In Proverbs 1 and 7, it says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. The question is, do you fear God? Do you fear him? Do you uh, respect him? Do you revere him as being God? And if we want to be wise, we must first go to the one who provides wisdom. And that's God. And scripture tells us that if we desire wisdom, we have to go to the one who, who gives it out liberally. And that's God. And wisdom is not just knowledge. Wisdom is knowledge applied, meaning that you just, uh, you just don't have information, but you know how to use the information correctly. You just don't have knowledge, but you know how to use that knowledge prudently. So if we want to be wise and we need wisdom in this world, if we want to navigate this life abundantly, we have to have godly wisdom. We have to know what type of friends we should have. We have to know what type of spouse to look for. We have to know how to spend our money wisely. We have to know how to raise our children in the admonition of the Lord. We have to know how to plan for tomorrow. And then we have to know how to be a good neighbor. We have to know how to reach out to the unfortunate. It is 
the obligation of the Christian to be ready to show forth godly wisdom so others may want to know God. So the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. It's so interesting how many people in our society have degrees. How many people have multiple degrees? No, they have associates, they have bachelors of arts, they have masters of arts, they have doctorates, uh, they have all of these degrees, but have no wisdom. And how many people have graduated from some of the top universities in our society and have no wisdom? And they wonder, why am I not complete? Why do not do I not have the joy that I should have? And I would argue that many people are empty or realize that they are inept because there's a void in them that only God can fill. And if they had the reverential type of fear, meaning that if they, if they had the respect, if they had the reverence for their maker, they would know who they are and they would experience that joy that surpassed all understanding. So again, Proverbs 1 and 7 reminds us the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. That's the healthy type of fear. In contrast, there is an unhealthy fear. Example, Genesis 3 and 10. Where it says, I heard thy voice in the garden and I was afraid. And this passage is after the fall. God is walking in the garden. And he asks Adam, where where are you? Where, where have you been? And he says, I heard thy voice in the garden and I was afraid. And because he ate of the fruit that he wasn't supposed to eat, it ushered in fear. So Adam's response was based on what may happen or how God feels about what he had done and uh, the repercussions. And we can understand that many of us have broken the law. Uh, many of us have done things that we weren't supposed to do. And we were concerned about the repercussions. But when that concern leads to uh, pity parties, if that concern leads to inactivity, if it leads to a state of depression, if it leads to paralysis, then that's an unhealthy type of fear. It's not the awe type of fear. It's not the reverential type of fear. It's the type of fear that's fanned by the devil himself. He wants us to be paralyzed by our fears. He wants us to feel as though God would never forgive us. He wants us to feel as though uh, we will never overcome the mistake that we've made. He, want, he wants us to concentrate on what we can't do versus what Paul says. I can do all things to Christ who is my strength. Let's look again at another example of healthy fear. 
And we find this passage in Philippians 2 and 12. It says, wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. One of Paul's favorite churches was the church in Philippi. As he wrote this letter to the Philippians. And he's basically acknowledging how uh, good they've been outside of his presence, meaning that their testimony was a good one. They had a good report. So Paul was commending them for keeping the flame alive. He was commending them for living out their Christian faith. And as part of it, he encourages them. He said, keep on doing what you're doing. Work out the salvation that you already have with fear and trembling. And this word fear, as I said before, uh, the Greek word is uh, pobos. And this word pobos is conjugated in Philippians 2 and 12. And it simply means uh, reverence, the sense of awe that, that we have for God. Lord, I revere you. And because of who you are, I'm in awe of you. And the more we look at the cross, the more we look at our Savior, the more we look at God, it encourages us to keep pressing, pressing toward the mark of the high calling, which can only be found in Christ Jesus. The more we look at God, the more we look at his son, the smaller our issues uh, look like the, 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 the lower, uh, tangles we have of our situation, meaning that the more we look at God, the more we realize that God can help us, the more we realize that God is bigger than our problems. The more we look at God, I think about, uh, when my first son was born and he was uh, in one wing of the hospital and my wife was in the other wing of the hospital. And I was all alone in the, ho- in the elevator going up and down, seeing my son, seeing my wife. But I wasn't alone. I could feel God's presence over me. And I can hear the Holy Spirit telling me it's going to be all right. You can't handle this situation on your own, but I'll take care of your wife. I'll take care of your son. And by the time I got to the next floor, I had experienced the peace that God had offered to me. And I realized that I didn't need to frustrate myself thinking about what's going to what's going to happen the next minute, the next day or the next week, because God had it all under control. Now I could have stressed. I could have wondered how are we going to make it through this? Is she going to be okay? Is he going to be okay? And it's okay to think about these um, questions, but when it leads to fear, an unhealthy type of fear where we start stressing where we start thinking about the issue more than God, then that's not what the Lord wants us to do. 
So we need to be careful that our considerations of life does not lead us to an unhealthy type of fear. Another passage that deals with an unhealthy type of fear. And this is again, Paul writing to Timothy, second Timothy chapter one, verses six through seven. He says, wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting off of my hands, putting on of my hands for God. Verse seven hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Second Timothy chapter one, verses six through seven. Again, for God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So fear, this unhealthy type of fear doesn't come from God. It comes from, uh, the whispers of the devil himself. And then it is ushered in by our will, meaning that we, we involuntarily sometimes bring fear in because we start entertaining what uh, uh, more about what we can't do or what we can't control or what tomorrow holds. And because we can't control it, you realize how finite you are. And since it's out of your hands, you feel as though you're going to lose control. But we have someone who already sees into tomorrow. And he says, if you come to me and you've done all that you can do, place it in my hands and let me work it out for you. What are you afraid of? Is it death? And even if my physical temple dissolves, I'm going to a house that's not built with hands. So if the best thing the devil has for me is to threaten me with uh, physical death and he can't even get to me unless the Lord allows it, then I'm still going to be okay. Whether I'm in this life or God calls me home, I'm I'm fine. I'm going to be in the presence of the Lord once I leave this body. So what else can the devil throw at me? Is it finance? Well, if I've done all that I, that I'm supposed to do, I promise you, God will make one dollar stretch. God knows how to take care of us. God knows how to provide for us. There are many people around the world who have less than we do and God still takes care of them. So again, do not get caught up. In an unhealthy type of fear. That's what the devil wants you to do is get caught up in this unhealthy type of fear. And fear not them which kill the body. Matthew 10 and 28. But are not able to kill the soul. But rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. And that's what I was saying before. Uh, The devil can't touch your soul. And we that are saved. We must always remember the words of God that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. We will continue this discussion on fear next time. Uh, We'll do a part two, but I pray that you continue to seek God's face during these difficult times, knowing that he's with us. And remember these words by Paul, Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ 
who strengthens me. Have a blessed day and may the Lord be with you. Thanks for listening to Sound Reasoning with apologist and minister Perseus Poku from Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's lesson has equipped you to share and defend your Christian faith with boldness. Sound Reasoning Ministries offers training in apologetics, biblical studies, and systematic theology. Join in on discussions on Facebook at Sound Reasoning Ministries. For more information about the ministry, to send an email, ask a question, or support the ministry, visit online at srministries.org. That's srministries.org. Listen again next week at this same time. And remember, Titus 1.9 says, Hold firm to the trustworthy message as has been taught so that you can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Sound Reasoning Ministries, srministries.org. I found myself on a ledge three stories high at some condominiums, contemplating my life and struggling to understand my purpose. Have you ever found yourself on the ledge? My name is Billy Yant. I'm a caring father, mentor, and friend. In my new podcast, Billy and the Goat, I share the life-changing events that shaped who I am today to remind you that no matter how far you've fallen, God can help you get up and thrive. Listen now at lifeaudio.com.